0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, Matt. Uh, today we've got another special guest, Matthew. Yes, we've been inundated with special guests recently. <laughs> yeah, so we're delighted to join uh, with us today, Anna
1: Bugatskaya.
0: <sighs> Anna.
1: <laughs> did, you, <laughs> you got- did the internet cut out then or was that actually the effort? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no.
0: Listen, I'm already struggling now because right, I've got the pressures on me. Anna Bugatskaya.
2: Solid B for effort. Well done. Yeah. Can, well you, done.
0: can you do it justice then sorry
2: <laughs> i mean honestly i forget myself sometimes <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, my name is anna bugertskaya so oh. you did well you did really well though. it was fine well see done. i you know
0: I, i'm doing my best here for, for the chat with a slight speech impediment that was pretty good going <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, blame, I blame being english because we're just so used to not trying when it comes <laughs> to foreign languages or names we just kind of oh. make up our own and just well, use our it, fingers to point
2: As a guest in your country, I will not comment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me ashamed. Anna, thanks for coming onto the podcast.
2: You're very welcome. I'm already having so much fun. These (laughs) are all the things that I enjoy in my (laughs) spare time. (laughs) Hearing people trying to pronounce my surname and shaming me
0: English. (laughs) Oh god! Well,
1: it's only going to get better because
0: this. Hey, everyone
1: needs a hobby, right?
0: Um, Anna, for those who don 't who don 't know your work what what do you do what 's your uh, what 's your background
2: um, so I, I I do a couple of things, um, most of them involve me nerding out about movies so i 'm a film programmer I run a film festival called Underwear Festival, uh, which is mostly short films and happens annually across London for ten days in September, not this year sadly, for obvious reasons i 'm also the co founder of the Final Girls, which is a a feminist horror film collective that I co-founded with my friend Olivia about four years ago. And we do, uh, used to do events. Now we publish a horror film journal. We're hoping to be doing events back when cinemas are open again. And we produce a podcast, which is the second series of which is launching again tomorrow at the time of us recording this. And we also... Uh, commission writers to publish in bloody women and distribute a package of short films and do basically a lot of different things involving horror cinema from a female lens and what else do i do i also (laughs) (laughs) i write on i write and talk about movies in different places and I also co-host the American Horror Story Rewatch podcast, The Next Supremes, with Clarice Lockery, who has also been a guest on this podcast.
0: Oh yeah, she she can't get enough of the movie bunker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who am um, <laughs> I I always feel lazy because I go if the same question was asked to me, I'd be like, ah, oh, kind of a, a work a bit. And then <laughs> I, uh, I do I do this this podcast and and yeah, that's kind of it. And then I I moan. Oh.
0: <laughs> We, with aunt, we, we just have to, you know, keep the other end up, though, a little bit. You know, the ones that just do the bare minimum. That's what we... I do it. also moan.
2: <laughs> I enjoy moaning. That's also a hobby of mine. Well, oh, what, kind of,
0: what <laughs> kind of... How did the uh, love of movies come about then, Anna? What was it, the sort of the movie or... Especially horror, the genre. How did it kind of kickstart?
2: Well, with horror in particular, I think trauma is the answer. Because <laughs> uh, my cousin showed me the first two Nightmare on Elm Street films when I was nine. Oh, and <laughs> i know right
1: that'll do it <laughs> yeah
2: so i couldn't sleep for like a month and then i after that the nightmares disappeared for a bit i was like oh can i have some more place? <laughs> so it just never stopped wow and, like
1: a stockholm syndrome going on with yeah
2: <laughs> yeah and i managed to somehow craft that or fool myself into crafting that into some semblance of a career so i guess that worked out thanks cuz <laughs> And for movies in general, and I think for maybe for a lot of people who fall in love with cinema, uh, it's because I didn't really have that many friends when I was little. Mm-hmm. And I was a lonely little nerd. So I watched way too many films and TV shows. And then also somehow managed to fool everyone into thinking that that was a skill
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the career. I like films well, well done good for you yeah <laughs> yes. over well the thing is with horror is it's interesting because I think the earlier that you're exposed to to video nasties or, or horror films the kind of more resilience you have and the more love and, and, and um, kind of thirst you have for those kind of films isn't it because I mean I, I kept my distance because I was a bit of a bit of a wusser's child I, I had very low threshold in terms of scares so I mean I couldn't even look at the covers. Of these VHS videos at the local, uh, you know, the VHS. Chris,
1: you can't even say that as a child because you told me a story when we were recording here about you watched the Blair Witch product as a man, basically. But it's not that old. And then when you went to walk, in, went to work in the mornings, you'd walk in the middle of the road so yes. you wouldn't pass any alleyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I am a real scaredy cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean.
1: But... Bear in mind. Obviously, it's based in the fucking woods, and you lived <laughs> early. Um, I, I don't know how how you thought the Blair Witch was going to get you in, like even in a reasonable
0: like. If it was like a true story, they they'll find a way. The witch will find a way. <laughs> <laughs> what it would want with me, I do not know. That's well, a
1: Blair Witch. witch. Staff discount at Sainsbury's, right? So you know, <laughs> even witches got to eat, right? Hey, Listen, was...
2: if the, if somebody makes a film about the witch of Sainsbury's, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: never stepping into another hey, Sainsbury's.
0: I, to be honest with you, I knew a few of them, so <laughs> <laughs> we have got a job to do here. We've got to look at this uh, amazing guilty pleasure. Well, I say guilty pleasure, but you're going to defend the honour of this poorly rated film, Anna. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what was the movie of choice for this week?
2: Oh, do I say that? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my movie of choice is the 2004 action adventure classic, National Treasure.
1: Benjamin Franklin Gates, you are undertaking the duty of the family Gates to find the most spectacular treasure in history. It grew throughout the ages and moved across continents
0: until it was hidden by America's founding fathers, who left
1: clues to the treasure's location right before our eyes. The unfinished pyramid, the all-seeing eye, are telling us something. Keeping this treasure safe, Benjamin, is your destiny.
0: You're treasure hunters, aren't you?
1: We're more like
2: treasure protectors. All his life, Benjamin Gates has searched for a treasure no one believed existed. Don't you get it, Ben? The treasure is a myth. I refuse to believe that. But what he thought was the final clue... 108 years of searching and I'm three feet away. ...is only the beginning. The Declaration of Independence.
0: You think there is a treasure map on the back
2: of the Declaration of Independence? The map is invisible. Why would we make this up?
1: Where's your proof?
2: We don't have it.
1: Riley, get down! Did
2: Bigfoot take it? Word about the map is bound to get out. Ian's gonna try to steal it. 90 seconds. The only way to protect the declaration is to steal it. What? I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Ben? From producer Jerry Bruckheimer and director John Turtletow. It is surrounded by guards and video monitors and little kids on their eighth grade field
0: trip. You move to prison, you know that, right? Yeah, probably.
1: Okay, go! Get
0: out of there.
1: Get out of there now got
2: the bloody map. This Thanksgiving, the clues of ten generations... There's more to the riddle. ...will reveal a mystery 20
1: centuries in the making.
0: Who wants to go down the creepy tunnel inside the tomb first?
1: Ah! Tell me what the next clue is.
0: What do you see?
2: Nicolas Cage... National treasure.
0: I mean, it's a real difficult one. This because it doesn't feel like it should be rated low. I mean, I was surprised when you said, "Oh, you know, this is this is pretty low on uh, IMDb and it's sort of Rotten Tomatoes things." It's like
1: it can't be because,
0: but it is. (laughs) It It is. It's like it's like forty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is. It's, mm-hmm. still, it's a pretty decent splat, but it's got loads of good stuff going for it. And I know. I must admit, I watched it yesterday for the first time, oh. pro- properly, like all for the, the way first through. first time. Yeah, yeah, what?
2: yeah. What did you huh? think?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I got lost a little bit in it, a little bit. I, I was, I was all, I enjoyed it. Um, about two thirds of it, and then the last third was a bit overcomplicated. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, all I, the bits I, with the stairs and. stuff.
0: The stairs. The stairs really <laughs> threw me off. But you find that- stairs
1: complicated, Chris? This is what you're trying to tell us now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just. What is it about this movie, Anna, that uh, really gets you? <laughs> sort of really, really, you really, <laughs> okay. you really love about.
2: Okay, so we've got about two hours here, right? So, uh, <laughs> so I have a really soft spot for. Um, action-adventure films, but the revival of those films that came sort of in the late 90s and early 90s. So I'm thinking like, the Mask of Zorro, which, by the way, I don't think that is rated low on I, um, Rotten Tomatoes, but if it is, I'm 100% coming back to talk about that movie. <laughs> but the Mask of Zorro, like the Tomb Raider adaptations with Angelina Jolie, The yeah. Mummy from 1999. Yeah. National Treasure is one of those, you know, it's a sort of like ripoff of Indiana Jones, but it's a sort of good vibe family friendly sort of cheeky not really action more adventurous Mm. uh, films that were kind of all about puzzles and you know figuring something out it was all about kind of a quest and it was using the characters intelligence as well as you know their physical prowess to move the plot along and I always kind of I love them it was kind of like the equivalent of playing a video game except you don't really actually have to do that much thinking or work as you do in a video game
1: i remember yeah. this came out it was um it was a surprise um i was uh, well i didn't see it in the cinema i saw this when it, it hit dvd and it was nothing it was like a, a sort of stealth launch and i watched it and i thoroughly enjoyed it the first time I watched it so when it was suggested that this was one of our films for our podcast i was like that can't be true it can't be true and I, I sat and watched it um with my 10 year old daughter um, despite it being twelve, I think that's just guidelines. It's certainly yep. not no no man, kind of level of uh, introduction there. Mm-hmm. And um, she knows she knows what I do. And she was the whole way through it, going, "This isn't a film for you. This isn't a film for you. There is nothing wrong with this. <laughs> oh, that's good.
2: That's adorable. Yeah, I want to see it in the cinema.
1: Ooh, oh, okay. yep. yeah. Posh.
0: Someone's doing it right for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> This is the, uh, the lowdown on this, the plop synopsis. The lowdown, I sound like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where century that comes from, but uh, a historian races to find the legendary Templar treasure before a team of mercenaries. That's the IMDb plop synopsis, which is very neat <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed by John Turtle now, I hope I've, I've uh, pronounced his, uh, his name correctly. but yeah. you, said
1: he, you said he did every letter, so that's fine. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. We need to get onto the cast as soon as possible because this has got a pretty decent cast and it ticks a lot of boxes. I mean, this is all about Nicolas Cage, isn't it?
2: I mean, what isn't? Like, if <laughs> Nicolas Cage is in a movie, there's no one else. I'd forgotten except for... Diane Kruger and Nick Cage and Justin Bartha who plays this sort of sidekick who I'll come back to in a minute because I love him in this film Mm. like John Voight is in this Christopher Plummer is in this Sean Bean is in this like the cast is Harvey
1: Keitel
2: Harvey Keitel is in this
1: (laughs) you forgot I mean the the cast is so outrageous you forgot Harvey Keitel (laughs) Christopher Plummer's in it for like two minutes it's like I know
2: but when he. when he showed up, I was like, wait, you're in this as well? <laughs> like, how yeah. many, you know? It's like you're in it and you're gentle. in
1: the loft from the Goonies as well. It's amazing. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: I was really yeah. surprised that Sean Bean uh, didn't die. Because I always write this down. If I see Sean yeah. Bean, I put dead next to his mm-hmm. name. But he doesn't die. He's yeah. really good. Um, he's brilliant at playing this kind of the the smarmy British guy he's very typecast I think sometimes Sean Bean especially during this period of like late 90s and and the noughties films he was like the go to guy for that kind of turncoat but we'll just go back to Nicolas Cage for a second because he is this is perfect Cage for me because he's he's riding this PG PG 13 or whatever 12 rated film. And he's just bubbling away. Isn't he under the surface Mm -hmm. There's little, little um, glimpses of his nuttiness. Uh, And (laughs) he, I think it's perfect pitch for him because yes, I think he's got a very, he's very aware of what he's doing and it comes across really nice on screen.
2: Yeah, I thought he's hilarious. He's super charming in this film. You know, he's kind of trying to go for that sort of Brendan Fraser vibe of. Yeah, he's supposed to be the leading man, and you know, Darren Kruger is obviously going to fall madly in love with him by the end of the by the end of the film, which. Yeah. W- We should talk about the absolute lack of chemistry between those two. But (laughs) (laughs) there's so many shots and scenes of people just adoring him, and he's got one of these amazing kind of movie character bios that is impossible for a human being to have. You know, it's like, oh, he's got a degree in engineering from MIT and in American history from Georgetown, and also he's like a black belt in taekwondo, whatever. And also he's (laughs) incredibly dashing and tall and handsome, and he comes from this long line of you know. Know, historians that have been that are renegades and he needs to reclaim the family honor and he's just driven by his love of american history and politics and ethics they're like what
0: what a guy what a guy <laughs> i love him i even i loved him i mean but it, i loved his hair and i always do with nicholas cage because he <laughs> he does not he does not want to embrace the gray yet does he because but you can tell he's definitely done some real work in there in terms of shading
2: i gotta admit when i first watched this film i i was a kid i did believe that was his real hair
0: well, um, Justin Barth is interesting. You mentioned him because mm. when he came on screen, I was like, ah, the giggly guy or the jiggly guy. Because we've done that film and he plays uh, a part in that movie as well. Oh. It doesn't really do him any favours, that film. He's pretty awful in, in that. And, and, and mm. uh, But yeah, this, this movie, he comes across as the, the quirky computer guy. He does it pretty well, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, I thought I always... Really responded to his character. Like I remember finding him funny at the time, and I found him funny again when I rewatched the film. Uh, for this, I was like, "Oh, he's just kind of a a quirky, funny sidekick." But he has he has charisma. Like he's quite funny, even when he when he drops these kind of very extremely kind of stilted <laughs> dialogue. Yeah. But he makes it kind of believable. He's got yeah. a dry sense of humor. His character that I kind of appreciated.
0: I think all, all the dialogue between those three main characters are Diane Kruger, who plays Abigail Chase, Riley Paul, which is uh, Justin Bartha's character, yeah. and then Benjamin Franklin Gates. All three of them have got quite decent sort of chemistry as a threesome without the, maybe the love interest show mm. thrown
1: in. Without that, what, cause they Ben and Riley seem to have a, a proper little love fest going on, doesn't they? Oh,
2: yeah. Like, that's, that's the romance of the film. That's that the means. romance, like, yeah. That's sorry, the, um... Diane Kruger is not... <laughs> any part of the equation here, it's all about Riley being desperately in love with um, Nick Cage. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 would yeah, like He's clearly uncomfortable in every situation and the only reason he's there is for his love of Ben. Yes, yeah. the only reason. He goes to the Arctic or somewhere very cold. Like and also Arctic.
2: I love that he kind of pokes fun at this at this character just being so much like he's so extra (laughs) throughout the whole of the film and Riley just constantly pokes fun at it and I think without that the film would be much much trashier than it is and it's it has a sort of self-awareness to it that I really enjoy and that kind of makes it rewatchable like I enjoyed going back to it and and seeing all those characters interact with one another again
0: it's interesting because you get this a very tropey setup up to the movie as well, because you get this sprawling prologue, which does take a while to get the, 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 <laughs> the information across that you need to know before you, they can actually just plonk you straight in there. You're really set up, aren't you? To, to They want to get as much information into you as possible.
2: Mm-hmm. I like uh, the
1: chair ladder in the loft. I saw that and I was like, "Oh, I could do one of them. What's that? Just, what? So when he goes into the loft, to go up to the high part of the loft, yeah. it looks like a chair but then you fold it over and it's a ladder as well as a chair.
0: This is, you changed. This is the sort of thing that uh, we start looking at. Instantly
1: went on Ikea. (laughs) <laughs> Typing in chair ladder to see if I could find one, but they they don't exist apart from in the Goonies loft, they just don't exist.
2: I mean, my favorite thing is when they use the Yahoo search engine to look for something on the internet, yeah. Nothing that
1: was, yeah. I, I read a fact that, um, the goodies use Google and the baddies use uh, Netscape or something in this film. That they're oh, evil, yeah. <laughs> but this is a this is quite a,
0: a normal thing, isn't it? Because we've spoken to it previously, where most of the time, the Apple products and certain type of Microsoft products aren't are not allowed to be used by the villains of the piece or the films. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which
2: is silly, isn't it? Well, it makes sense. <laughs> silly.
0: yeah. Like, oh, yeah, but you don't um, want
1: the same phone as a bad guy, right?
0: No, true, very true. But what?
1: psycho would do that.
0: Well, talking of psychos, what's Harvey Keitel doing in this movie? I don't understand. He's got very a... little.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's buying a house.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's got to be a tax bill, right? I mean, I mean <laughs> Nicholas Cage knows all about that, but Harvey Keitel is definitely dialing this one
2: in. What is oh, it? you know, I I love Keitel, even when he's dialing in. I was like, oh, hello, you. Are you coming from <laughs> someone in this film? <laughs>
1: That's the problem. He's too nice in this film. He's like. Like even like as a police officer, he's got he's got the person that's done the crime that he's helped to solve, right? So he's there. Harvey Keitel, the cop, is there to solve the crime of who stole the um, Declaration of Independence. It is Nicolas Cage. Mm. <laughs> he has Nicolas Cage, and yet somehow, through reasons of plot, decides he's not going to arrest the thief. <laughs> Who had actually stole it, he's gonna just randomly arrest another guy who had no. nothing to do with it, fundamentally. I mean he wanted to steal it, but he didn't steal it. No. Well
2: that's because Nick Cage is a really good guy and he said him <laughs> real nicely. I would very much, would very much like to not go to prison. Thank you, please. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Then- I'd like not to. Yeah. He got some money instead of a prison sentence.
0: He got a whole lot of money. The big house <laughs> scene at the end. I mean, let's talk about this, this chemistry then that doesn't exist between uh, uh, Diane Kruger and Nicolas Cage. Because of, of, of all the sort of um, ways that relationship could have played out, it wasn't what I was expecting. Although I kind of knew it was coming. That doesn't make sense. I've just contradicted myself. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It's unexpected, but I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Business as usual with me, Matt, sorry. Yeah, so Anna, what do you, what do you think was going on there?
2: Um, okay, so there's a few things. Like when I was rewatching you I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. So <laughs> they, well, the movie tells us that they're falling in love because of their shared nerdiness about American history. Hmm. And that I appreciate It's like, oh, okay. So he is interested in her mainly because she's the key for him to get to the uh, Declaration of Independence, fine. But also they're attracted to each other based on like old antique coins. Like they're into (laughs) each other because they just want to nerd out on American history. And I kind of love that. That's not something I've seen. She's not a damsel in distress, even though she does get into trouble because, you know, she's an unrealistically gorgeous like museum director who also has a past as a model, I guess. And, uh, you know in becomes embroiled with these guys, but the fact about them is that they're kind of historians yeah. in this situation. And it's not just because she's Diane Kruger and she's gorgeous that he is interested in her. It's because they're both nerds. And I was like, oh this is really sweet. I like this. And at no point, you know, he is trying to make a move in her in the film. I was like, oh that's quite sweet, which is part of the reason why their kind of eventual romance which really only materializes in the epilogue of the film it's like oh by the way we now have a a castle and (laughs) we live together and like it was only just and also now she's wearing flowery dresses and kind of cardigans which she definitely was not wearing for the rest of the film so it's like oh is that what it looks like when (laughs) a highly professional (laughs) Accomplished woman settles down. "Quote unquote." I'm surprised she didn't
1: have like a a, just to really set it off. A couple of children around the ankles.
2: Exactly. I was missing, you know, the belly. It's like, oh, is she she pregnant now? Is that is that the epilogue? Riley gets a Ferrari and she gets pregnant and they get a castle. But um, yeah, it just wasn't like I appreciated the lead up to it because it was based on them connecting over a shared passion. But it's no chemistry, like no romantic chemistry.
1: No, like you say, it's, it's, it's weird because. Like looking back, I, I didn't really notice at the time, but looking back, there isn't literally a single kind of moment where the relationship goes anything beyond the same as he has with Riley. They're just working together. Um, There's you know a couple of inferences to how attractive she is, which that'd be hard to avoid. But yeah, there is literally no romantic elements in it until right at the end. There's nothing. So they're holding oh no, hands. there is a scene. There is a scene though.
2: Yeah, there is a scene when they uh, do a stop and to get, buy some new clothes, and they're in their respective changing rooms, and they're I talking. I
1: not use those changing rooms, by the way. They are not for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> right. There'd
1: be way too much of me on display for me to use those Oh yeah, rooms. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: That's the only scene when they get a bit flirty. And it's a good scene, I thought. Yeah, it's not that
1: flirty, right? That it's just kind of like... I've always I've wanted just, to do... I've just kidnapped you. Ha, ha, ha. Um. I've
0: always <laughs> wanted okay. to do that, though. You know, when they go in and uh, they, they scan... You guys the... want
2: to kidnap someone. No, no, no. <laughs> sure.
0: no That's us uh, cry for help. Not again. No, I, I, I would, I've always wanted to go into a shop or be in a situation where I had to buy the clothes and wear them out of the store uh, and get them scanned, and, you know, because it was just a really cool thing to do, yeah. Oh Isn't yeah, it? yeah,
2: it is. I've done that.
0: Oh, have you? <laughs> okay,
2: <Yeah. cool. laughs> it does feel really cool.
0: Yeah, because you know you think, oh, I, oh, I want
2: to know that story now. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to tell it. It's not as exciting. I wasn't like tracking down any old like antique document. I was in Berlin, and it was way too cold for the coat I had, so I had to buy another coat. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, should, we should have left that one to the imagination.
2: It
0: was much cooler. What <laughs> <laughs> were you cool doing? Cup it was a good coat but you were expecting some sort of more sort of secret secret service types thing going on there i mean, yeah it
2: kind of did look like a secret service coat though so okay
0: okay you've sold it you've sold it
1: you you, you should (laughs) reframe that story if someone was following me i had to look like the secret service to get away from them i bought a coat
2: (laughs) you've done it for me yeah that's how i'm gonna tell the story from now on
1: (laughs) always build, build it always
0: build it up did the Da Vinci Code, or those books, the, the, the Darren Brown books, they come out before this movie. I'm, I'm guessing they did, didn't they? Because it's got a bit of a, a Da Vinci Code kind of vibe oh, about you're it. You're giving
1: the Da Vinci Code too much credit for creating yeah. kind of like a puzzle mystery. This is, you know, this is um, based purely in computer game world, right? This is like a Broken Sword and Monkey Island kind of territory rather than, yeah, The Da Vinci Code is just derivative shite. <laughs> Oh, and that's Matt's opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've just, I just was instantly kind of recognized that, that kind of, yeah, point and click type thing, which was, I, I really enjoyed. And some of the other things as well, the heisty stuff, where they're going through the plan, I got like Whoa. flash forwards yes. to um, Ant-Man and things like that. I know that's obviously a recent film, but they're, they're even like modern uh, Marvel Universe uh, movies are taking that kind of trope where they visualize the plan in advance.
2: I thought you were going to say Ocean's Eleven or something well, like that I'd or be- Logan yeah. Lucky and it's like Ant-Man there was a said ant
0: yeah so I thought of, it would be too obvious to say uh, Ocean's Eleven and so I, I scrubbed that one out I thought Ant-Man will be a com- <laughs> conversation starter
1: <laughs> 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 and it has I, been I just like the way that um, luckily all of the security pro- protocols are heavily documented in a public library <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also, how lucky is that?
2: (laughs) Also, I love one of my favorite heist movie tropes is when, like you were describing, they explain the heist before they actually do it, and then we see them do it, but we also get the explanation, and it's like a to-do list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, and we we get that. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, because you're in on it. Because you're like, you know, what's going? They need to do next. Like, wait, now he's he's got the thing. He needs to now go up the stairs. Up the
2: stairs, quick, quick, quick. (laughs) But there's always a
1: spanner in the works, isn't there? Always. Yeah, but
2: everything is underpinned by this nerdy knowledge Wikipedia fest that they're having, you know, like when he has to guess the password and of course he's going to guess what the password is because, you know, it's a reference to whatever in American history. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But the, the, all, all of this is always inconceivable. It's just complete rubbish, but it, you kind of just have to throw caution to the wind or or, sorry, any kind of uh, doubts that you have, just go along for the ride with this kind of movie because you can't sit and think about any of it. The thing I don't always ever get, and I think I've spoken to it about it on the podcast before, is stone structures or underground things. Is why do buttons work? Why do buttons made out of stone <laughs> do that? It just makes no sense. And what kind of pulley system do they have? You, I just
1: Because it's I super satisfying, that's how. Yeah, I mean, always someone I mean, leans on the something. The noise alone is amazing. you like yeah that stone on stone <laughs>
2: <laughs> or when all the fire lights up and it lights up the whole chamber it's like oh that's just so like a beautiful kind of domino structure falling yeah like, yeah uh,
1: my daughter was shouting at the tv at that but it's like why is he doing that that could blow things up <laughs> it's like that's a really good point Actually, it is yeah. a really good point actually <laughs> it's like oh there's a massive treasure room i'm just gonna set fire to it i hope for the best <laughs> it's so brilliant
2: also the fact that at the end um nick cage i've completely fuck on his character's name because <laughs> like benjamin oh benjamin Franklin. gates benjamin gates yeah. when harvey k Tell is like catches up with them they just calmly sit down and have a chat yeah as yeah. opposed to oh i'm gonna handcuff you in case yeah. you try to murder me and or run away and then we're gonna have a chat
1: yeah as you are the thief <laughs> the <laughs> actual quantifiably on-camera thief <laughs> There's a few issues with it in terms of the action. It's a bit clunky,
0: isn't it? It's a bit, um, it's a bit laboured. So mm. I, I struggled a little bit with that, and that whole big sequence at the end with the stairs and the, um, and you know, going down into sort of the tunnels and things like that was a bit kind of, oof. You have to really go with it on those occasions. But <laughs> I mean, other than that.
1: I got, I got an issue with an earlier scene involving John Voight because they go around his house with the declaration of independence and they, they need to do special magic stuff to make words (laughs) appear on the back of the map Um, and they decide they need lemons. Right. (laughs) And in so happens that in his fridge, he's got like 80 lemons. Like (laughs) why the fuck has a single old man got 80 lemons in his fridge? he was probably going to have lemons with his massive pizza for one.
2: <laughs> I mean, I know. Is that, like, is that like not a normal thing? I've got like 12 lemons in my house right now.
1: <laughs> it's a small hill to die on, but I was just like. <laughs> no, so, that's, that's not it. That's, that's gone for me. That has well, it. Anna, what no are you doing? No one's going to have that lemon limbs. If you don't mind me
0: asking, Anna, what are you doing with your lemons? And what's the plan? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, thank you for asking. They're very useful for cooking. Yeah, and also I made preserved lemons, so I needed a lot of them. Nice. You put them basically in everything, every single dressing or like almost any r- recipe. You put fresh lemon juice in. So
1: you don't just like rub them on random documents just in case. <laughs> <This> <laughs> that, well,
2: I wouldn't say that on the record, would I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matthew, it just goes to show shows you up there for the narrow minded man you are. You can't you can't visualize. i just say that
1: that many lemons is, is they're gonna. You're just gonna spoil for us. There's no, there's while. no,
0: there's no lemon limit when it comes to the movies, and you should, you should question it. John, voice. Well, I still is,
1: got, I still got lemons in my freezer from Christmas because I realised that I wasn't gonna get through them, so I sliced them up and put them in my freezer. There you go. Uh, Top tip for any lemons. <laughs> yeah, and they go, they, they go, then they go in gin and tonic, and it's instead of an ice cube, you have a lemon cube.
2: Oh, that's actually a really good idea. I might do that with one of my twelve. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that's the segment or the cocktail segment of the, <laughs> of the show, <laughs> done and dusted. Well it done, everyone. Yeah. Well done, both of you.
2: <laughs> there was one thing that I'd I remembered about it, but not as vividly. It's kind of just how much this film is sort of like an ad for American history and yeah. kind of the feeling of being American. Like, there's so many moments where, you know, the, the swooping music comes in when he's relating some great moment from American history, obviously not mm. at all riddled with issues and problems <laughs> at all. And, you know, it's just this kind of exalting of the great men of American history. And I kind of like that, that's, that's a bit dated, but I appreciate the sentiment. Like, there's this weird type of movie and armageddon weirdly is one of them where they just sort of feel like very well-made propaganda
0: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: and it's and it just it kind of makes you feel a little bit iffy but also at the same you kind of get really swept up in it it like i'm not american but even i was like oh my god yeah i should read about benjamin franklin shouldn't i yeah he's, he's <laughs> a middle-aged
1: white man we're reading <laughs> pulling down barriers (laughs)
2: it's just like it's just this this emotional you know sense of being an American like there's this amazing line when Dan Kruger's character Abigail is first introduced and they meet and he's like "Ooh, what's your accent it's like and Riley is very to be fair in a meeting that's in her office when they're trying to get something from her it's probably very uncouth of him to say oh you're not an American and kind of look her up and down <laughs> like she's an alien. Yeah. And she has this great line that actually stuck with me through the years where she says, Oh, I am an American. I just wasn't born here.
0: This is a great line because it's kind of what they, they kind of, America or Americans kind of build on, isn't it? That dream, the American dream of going and, and, and succeeding in a free country, the free land, despite all the, 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 the issues that, I mean, I know the UK were just finding out or, or exploring all those issues now, quite rightly. Uh, and things are being. Um, Looked into, you know, with with regards to being appropriate anymore. But yeah, this, yeah, is, a, uh, this is a good
1: watch. A dream of belonging. My pet peeves, apart from the fridge full of lemons, uh, which was inappropriate, is things that don't work the way they work um, and just used in film. So in this film, um, a guard gets tasered, um, which makes him unconscious for periods of hours. <laughs> <laughs> tasers, tasers don't work that way. Like if you want to knock a guard out. There are many ways that you could do it without having to bend the rules of science or actual physical fact. Lazy, just like shoot him with a tranquilizer or knock him on the head or something. Yeah. Bribe him to lay down for 10 minutes. I don't know, but using a taser is just not. And they add in like, sat in the in back of a ho- ambulance, like, oh, like st- still holding his head. It's, it's hours later. <laughs> no, generally speaking, timing. I've written the word timing down in four, four places in my notes because um, there are the serendipity of this film. And it, the fact that it all meshes together is just unbelievable. It's amazing. Ian just, always turns up at exactly the wrong time. Um, despite <laughs> yeah. the fact that he doesn't have any of the clues or any of the reason to be there, has infinite wealth and can travel however he wants to. These people travel hundreds of miles with no apparent form of travel as well. That's another thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Then there's a bit where Riley was sending the little kids to go get the bits of uh, the stow letters. Was it stow letters? No, they yeah. do the do-good letters. Yeah,
2: right? it, good letters. So he was, that's
1: it, yeah. <laughs> so he's sending them in one at a time. No fucking reason for that, for a start. Let's, let's just let's just let's just let's just go away with that one.
2: Oh wait, 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 wait! I do disagree with that. I think there is a reason why he sends in the little kid um, several times, as opposed to getting all the letters at the same time. It's because if he does get caught or intercepted, either by guards or by the henchmen or anyone else, they will only ever have a small portion of the whole piece of the puzzle. Right. So they will never have the full sentence and they're looking to get from him, they'll only have four letters. Which is what happens.
1: (laughs) And yet the four letters they got were enough (laughs) for
2: them to make it
1: to the exact same place at the exact same time (laughs) and look at the exact same thing. Um, They just had to
2: Google it or, you know, Yahoo
1: Just the last four <laughs> letters. That's all they needed. That's, that's all they needed. Um, but the, the thing that annoyed me about this scene wasn't the fact of the timing or the fact they he was sending him, um, is that he was giving him small... Pe- he had, he had a, a notepad and he was giving him small pieces of paper. And yet, the really important clue that he was writing down, he chose to write down the edge of the fucking newspaper.
2: Mm-hmm. Why would yeah. you
1: do that? You've got a pad. And it's important, right? This thing that they're going to write down is important. He's uh, got a pad. Anna,
0: you know we've been doing this podcast for nearly two years, don't <laughs> <haven't> you? <laughs> this, this, this Not is this... this particular one. This is just no. like forty minutes. It just feels like two years. <laughs> but this is the sort of thing that Matthew can't handle, and and this can't is it. it's difficult to get through I've got an, an answer episode. For this. Have you come on then.
2: I've got an answer. He's doing it on the crossword uh, puzzle on the paper because right. it's going to make him look less suspicious as a, a adult man. Who's sitting on the street with a notepad and a little kid running up to him every ten minutes? Yeah, if he's, he's giving money to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really suspicious things in that, but yeah, he's doing yeah. a crossword puzzle. Writing something, the writing
1: something down is the least of his problems. <laughs>
0: Matthew, see, you could tell you. Uh, now we're ramping up because now the the the, uh, the swears have gone up as well. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: But
0: it's just too much. If you've um, got one more. You've got one more fucking shit to so use in the podcast. I've, uh, I've, right? I've got
1: two more points, so <laughs> it, these are both real big ones for me. Um, is is when they finally reach the catacombs? Mm-hmm. Uh, he points a torch, uh, like an electric torch, at a torch to light the torch. <laughs> just use your torch. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> he has got a, it's got a torch, right? A, a much superior lighting device than flame ever could wish to be, and yet he used the torch to point at the like the flaming torch to light the torch. That's uh, with light. No, oh, I mean it's
2: for the drama. Yeah, <laughs> just embrace the drama.
1: Yeah, Matt, and then Ian, oh, Ian the characters—they're walking always just at the edge, so he'd be able to see nothing. All they could see would be the back of Ian's head. And Ian could see nothing. So he's just randomly walking into darkness. And, and, and the, the final thing that got me... Um, oh, Jesus that, Christ. Is that if ever there's a point in the film where someone goes, do you trust me? Don't say yes, because you're going to get dropped. Yeah. That's always what happens. And, and it does. She gets dropped 20 foot and onto like the edge of a really rickety platform. Yeah. yeah
2: okay. I will give you that. That scene did make me roll my eyes really hard because I was like, oh, don't first of all never trust men
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely
1: so so the answer to the question do you trust me is like no pull me the fuck up but i'll jump
2: what what other option is there be if she says no he's still gonna drop her if she says yes which she shouldn't um he's still gonna drop her
1: it's lame yeah
2: all it it does is he's gonna feel justified
1: All it does is, is because basically there was a 10% chance she was living in that situation. So all it does is that if she crashes through that barrier or if she misses that barrier entirely and plummets to her death, her last thought is, what a fucking wanker. (laughs) (laughs) I trusted him.
2: So, like, I'm sorry, Benjamin Gates, when did he become, like, the Tomb Raider? He is a historian slash engineer, which already is, you know, an impossible... Slash slash
1: scuba dive, (laughs) isn't it? He's a a multiple slashy.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, he's a multi-hyphenate creative. Let's call him that, you know. He's He's a millennial professional icon. But is he a Tomb Raider as well? Like, where did he get the physical ability to do all of these feats? This is the thing that always bothers me, which is why we like Riley because he's like, this is really hard. I kind of walk up this many steps and I'm confused and it's dark and I want to go home. And that I can relate to.
0: Matt, how's the therapy going? Because I just to say, are you are you all right now? Is you use this to? I'm off-road? fine. I, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, cool, yeah, cool, I'm cool. Done. I just want to make sure because you you got to let it all out before you go back to uh, speak I got, to I normal. Got it,
1: I got it all out. Otherwise, when yeah, you
0: I'm when sure. you start to speak to your wife and and other people in the room or in your house, then you you have to get it all out of the way. Okay, so we're yeah. fine now. Yeah.
1: We're, we're good,
0: good. so i was just before we we kind of make a, an ultimate decision which i think i know was going to be because you sounded like you didn't like it matthew i don't know i don't know i don't know if it's me anna i don't know what did you think of matthew seems to be on the fence about this movie
2: <laughs> i mean i'm kind of surprised matthew didn't mention all the many like zoom cuts and like whoosh whoosh noises that were made in between scenes because oh, I, lo- I, lo- I love a that <laughs> 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 Wait, it's the best thing about it
1: <laughs> I made a supercut of it afterwards of just the whoosh noises.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you please send me that afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> my let's
1: let's get to the
0: let's cut to the chase. So in terms of um, bunkerness in the movie, in the movie bunker podcast, what we like to do is you know release these movies that are held in the bunker because there's not enough space in the world. We haven't really kind of uh, fleshed out why why it's called the movie bunker. We don't know why uh, it, it, just, <laughs> it, it it was available. Um, it's either there because if, if anything it should be the other way around the movies should be in the bunker the ones that we want to keep safe are the ones that are in the bunker the ones we don't care about should be left out uh, outside Do you know what I mean Matthew? Yeah So we've yeah. done it all the wrong it, way It was a
1: more innocent time when <laughs> Yeah when we wanted
0: to, but yeah so now,
1: now we, the outside is a dangerous place
0: Well we've reversed that so what we've done is we've kind of just created this whole stupid story that we are in a bunker and we're releasing the movies that are good enough to be out of the bunker into the world so all those Rotten Tomatoes movies okay Anna? did, you, oh, did okay you okay, a,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're so you're like the world's cinematic filtration system. So you yes. watch all the movies that are yeah. badly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and you decide whether to release them onto the world or not.
0: Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Like, okay. like the large
1: colon. That's basically <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> So as a as a guest, as an honored guest of the bunker, your you know, your choice of movie is given the you know the golden ticket because it is And it's a very good choice and we can't leave it in the bunker because it's got so many classic tropes and so many good character performances from the cast as well and some really good actors in it and some actors that you would be surprised to see in this kind of movie turn up. And so for me, uh, having watched it for the first time all the way through, uh, I I really enjoyed it and therefore it's being jettisoned up the pipe, off it goes, uh, out into the world. Matthew,
1: what about you? Oh, I loved the film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> as much as it sounds like The only problem with the film Apart from those other problems Is the fact that As I watched it with my kids They thoroughly enjoyed it Then they noticed That there was a sequel uh, Which is far worse <laughs> Which they
2: There's going to so. be A third one as well Is there? Oh, really? Yeah
0: Oh okay I'll look out for that I, I, I'd i be pleased to see it I think I think it's quite a good little Maybe Have, have them... you seen
1: the, Have you seen the second one Chris?
0: Yes No Actually no Why am Whoa. I saying yes or No I haven't <laughs> uh, Anna Thank you so much for bringing this one to our attention. It was fantastic uh, watching it for the first time. I'm glad you brought it to us.
2: I'm very happy to have shared National Treasure with you. And am I allowed to leave the bunker and go home? <laughs>
0: no, no, you must stay because you know, uh, you, you, there's some other films we need you to watch before you leave.
2: Oh, can we just watch uh, the one with Brendan Fraser where he lives in an actual bunker? Because I would very much love to revisit that
0: one. Oh, I'll have to oh, Google yeah. that one later. Anna, Anna, listen, um, where can we find you online and what's your Twitter handles and things?
2: Um, I am on Twitter at Anna B. Demented. And uh, that's where I usually post all the stuff that I do and usually just retweet pictures of cats as well quite a bit. (laughs) It's
0: a good good thing to do. A lot of our guests are doing uh, cat cat promotion at the moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they they need a lot of promotion, those cats. They're uh, they're, they're underfunded. Thanks
0: again, Anna.
2: It's been a pleasure. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Take care, Anna.
0: Thank you. Bye.